So um, this is Charlie from Red Blue Talk. My channel is all about how politics and government impact people's lives. I'm speaking with Tonya Connor Mitchell. You are a community activist. You're active in Yonkers. You have a group called 100 Sisters and 100 Girls. Um, you were involved a couple of years ago with the uh, Black Lives Matter movement in Westchester. So okay. you are an on-the-ground kind of person that understands what's going on. I want to talk to you about the incident that happened on Monday, April 27, just about a week ago, um, <laughs> at the Shop Fair supermarket at, in Getty Square. So, yeah. you know, tell me, you know, it was in the Daily News, it was in the Post, it was in Low HUD, um, and it's a striking story because a couple of guys suspected of shoplifting wound up in a huge brawl involving yeah. the people that work in the store. That is yeah. a quick summary. Um, right. What makes this story remarkable is that there was someone there with a video camera captured the whole thing. There's an 11 minute video. I'm not going to play it back right now. I've seen it a couple of times mm -hmm. and candidly it's sickening. It's dehumanizing. Yeah. Yeah. I'd rather not watch it again. I'll put the link below. So folks that are hearing about this story for the first time can look if they want to. Right. But what I want to talk to you about Tanya is the human story, understanding people's lives on the ground, what this story um, is, is meaning in the community and tell me from your perspective what happened last monday well what happened last monday was there were two uh young men a uh, black men who were in shop fair in yonkers on main street and um they were uh they were assaulted right um <laughs> the the uh, thing i really want to talk about is the fact it doesn't matter if they were shoplifting because um, shoplifting doesn't equal the beating that they received. That's just, let's right. just get that over with. Let's just talk about how, you know, um, normally when people shoplift, they are arrested, the police are called, and that is the end of it. Right. Um, it does not um, end up like the way it did with these two young men. Um, at one point, it was like five to seven of the workers of shop fair on them, uh, on one person. Let's talk about the one person. Um, the, the video was so um, hard to watch um, because the... Um, by the time Wu Ross from Yaku's Voice, by the time he pulled out his video, I mean his camera, and started taping the video, you could see um, vaguely that there was another person that the workers were on top of. And then the young man started saying, please get off my brother, get off my brother. He did the countdown. And then it became a melee. So filling uh, in a couple of facts here, mm -hmm. uh, one individual was arrested to, to, yes. my, to my understanding, only one individual has been arrested. No one else, neither no. the other person who supposedly was shoplifting nor any of the individuals working in the store exactly. have, been, have been arrested to this point as far as I know. No. Um, so it's just a striking situation, and uh, folks will have to watch that video for themselves. But what does this mean? You know, how? what's the perception of this? Um, in Getty Square and Southeast Yonkers. I mean, how does how does it, how's it landing? <laughs> Not well at all. Um, the community is tired of uh, not being respected where they spend their money. Um, Shop Fair, the incident at Shop Fair speaks to the culture of the hub 
the culture of uh, Getty Square and how the owners of the stores in Getty Square treat people of color, and I want to say black people, I want to say brown people, I just want to say the community, most of the people that live in that area are people of color, and they're not treated um, fairly. Um, they're following around stores, they're... Um, there was an incident in January where the owner of Scrub Decks kicked a black a, a young lady who was black in the back and called her a dirty nigger. Like, so this is happening more so than not. You know what I mean? So this you were you were involved when that right. happened, right? This yeah. is pre-pandemic. This is pre-shop fair. This right. is like our old <laughs> life. This these things were going on. Exactly. Now, step me through what the response was to that other retail um, incident that you just described, because that's within a couple of blocks of shop fair, right? Yes, down the street and around the corner. So what happened? Uh, Scriptex is a, a pharmacy and a beauty supply store, and uh, people of color. Black people, we shop there. And the young lady was in the store. She was being followed. She um, repeatedly asked him, why are you following me? Please stop following me. And on her way out the store, she was very angry. Um, um, and she knocked over, I want to say, a, a display that had had some gloves on it. And the store owner on her back, on her tail, following her. And as she got through the got to the doorway he kicked her in the back and called her a dirty little nigger right. so that was january but there was no uh, videotape right there, there was no, no video there, there was no news 12 there was no there was what no was there outrage 12. was there outrage what followed there on there was the outrage i was outraged and um and i um you know i organized a protest and uh, me a hundred sisters and some of my comrades we stood outside and i remember the the day because it was snowing outside it was january 19th and it was snowing outside and we were outside um we were protesting i had a bullhorn um we were handing out flyers and we were talking to women who were coming in and out of the store some women we were able to deter them and send them to the other beauty supply stores because let's be real like there are a couple of beauty supply stores in ya in the getty square area well there's also a couple of supermarkets just like there's a couple of supermarkets. So we were able to deter a lot of people, uh, but not enough. You know, um, as far as I'm concerned, it wasn't enough. But, you know, we, we're we responsible for the information, right? That's Tanya, what we're responsible for. What I'm trying to understand here is why is there this subculture um, of hostility on the part of shop owners to their own customers what what how how does that come about how is it tolerated is it tolerated um what needs to happen next and then you know and, and, you know just kind of pick that apart as much as you possibly can oh is God, it respect is it respect that. is it race is it class is it um all of the above. what's going it's on all of the above they, uh, you know, that's a lot to unpack because you have to, you know, really talk about racism and you also have to talk about classism and then you also have to, like, there's so many different aspects of that. Like, the uh, shop owners, they come, they come in Getty Square, they make a lot of money, but they don't respect the very people that shop in their stores. So, so how do people build the, um, the tolerance to walk back in because uh 
brutality against black bodies has become a commonplace. Mm -hmm. So it's normalized. You know what I mean? So they don't see any change in the future. Right. So people say, you know, people will say, you know, well, it didn't happen to me. Right. That happens. You know what I mean? And then it happens to them. Yeah. I'm just trying to understand, Tonya, how these places can survive. How can they survive? Uh, and, and, and they I don't... survive because people, there aren't very many people like me who will come stand outside, right? right, right. They survive because the politicians, I, you know, I speak frank, the politicians won't stand up for the very people who elect them. That's how they survive because nobody is fighting for the people. You know, um, I watch a lot of politicians around election time. They come through and they talk and they shake hands and they kiss babies and they say all of these things that they're going to do. And then once they're in office, it's crickets. Nobody stands up for the little people. But why doesn't why doesn't the store? Oh, let me say this also. Um, uh, We did reach out today to the Yonker City Council, to uh, Council Member Shanae Williams. Oh. Um, she committed to respond with, with some sort of an answer on this topic. I have not heard back yet, but I, I anticipate that I will. That's that's what I can say thus far. Well, good um, So I'm asking you with your community organizer hat on, um, how do you protest? How do you organize a opposition to what happened in that incident? given that you can't stand six feet from another person. Right. So what do? happens is, is that it becomes, very, we have to be become very creative. We have to. Um, and that's why I started a uh, boycott. Um, and I mean flyers and I've posted them on my Facebook page and everybody's right. reposting them. Um, we tell people don't shop there. Um, I've asked the community members to tell everyone, like, you know, tell everyone in your neighborhood, tell your friends, tell your aunts, tell your uncles not to shop there. So it's really, really hard. And I want to say that shop fair, if you're really, really lucky that there is a pandemic, otherwise I'd be standing out of your store every day, every day. Well, your call to action was, I watched your video as well, your call to action. Okay. And I and I can, I'll try to put a link, uh, certainly on Facebook, I'll be able to put a link uh, mm-hmm. to that video. But your call to action was to ask people not to shop there anymore. What yeah. else, what what else is in, is on, you know, the community's list of demands? How else do we yeah. get, you know, do, do we restore or resolve and move on from this? Well, I really, what I'm saying right now is not to shop there, but moving forward, because, you know, this has phases, right? So the first phase is to boycott, right? That's our first phase is to boycott. The second phase, we're trying to find a creative way to... Uh, be there physically, and I believe it's going to be a caravan of cars. I think that's what we're going to okay. do next. Okay. And then the third phase is, you know, um, me and a couple of organizers and the people of the community, we're like, we're going to come together and see what we want to do, you know, as far as demands. But right now, list of demands is really, to me, really not that important right now because they need to understand that the community does not, does not stand for this so the pressure what they really will feel is the money the lack of thereof they won't feel 
anything else. Um, Shop Fair is trying to do a lot of uh, damage control coming up with things. Um, um, one of the things they said was, or one of the reasons why, because I asked why wasn't he uh, fired? The right. people that were involved in the fight, why weren't they fired? And they said, well, perhaps, not that they were, but yeah. perhaps they missed the six the training. They only have training every six months, and now they're going to do every three months. Every, no. Like, moving forward, I can see implementing every three months, having training, sensitivity training, like, you know what I mean? Like, that kind of training, I right. can see that moving forward. But right now, they don't even want to hold them accountable. Right. So what that tells me is, is that shop there is just trying to schmooze their way through this, get us to say, okay, well, at least they're doing something. Absolutely not. Because this is not an isolated incident. This happened in February where they dragged a young lady because they suspected her of stealing. They dragged her from the aisle to the front of the store, ripping her coat, feathers everywhere. This is the culture of this store. So you can't come up with list of demands when you won't even address what happened. And addressing what happened is firing your workers. Show the community that you um, that you're going to do something. Show the community that you mean business. Fire them. But right. you don't even want to do that. So that's you and they're coming up with a whole bunch of excuses. Even after the the store owner is caught on the video too. I want to know. I want to know more about the that community that you keep referring to, the community and the relationship between the community and the shop owners over there. So there is no relationship between the community and the shop owners. Like I just want to say that there is no relationship. There are they are a, a big their business in the middle of the community, the middle of Getty Square, and they are, don't have any kind of relationship with the community because had right. they had one they would have acted differently right it's a pandemic it's a so, pandemic right so that block um is right off of nepperhan it yes. is you know it is a couple of blocks from yonkers city hall it is it is street. <laughs> it, it is not in close proximity to the luxury housing along the riverfront so so give me the demographics. Who's shopping there? You're probably, you're shopping there. You, you may not have a car, right? Probably don't own a car. Right. It's a local on foot place that's in proximity um, of, of where people live. And, right. um, you know, I'm just trying to understand if there's a gentrification story here, if there's another <laughs> layer that we need to well, what, tell, tell me what, tell me what that's about. Big time gentrification story. If you, ever go to the waterfront you will see it the buildings are coming up out of nowhere like i walk through the square one day and they're starting a building the next time i walk through there's another building started right. um the rent is sky high no right. one in yonkers can afford the regular people i'm talking right. about the regular working people people who have two jobs the low income families like they can't live there so it, it feels as though they're pushing us out right the regular so, people are being so, pushed right, out. Right. So gentrification is coming. It's coming from started at the waterfront to Warburton Avenue to Getty Square. Like right. the shelter is not even there anymore. So it's like we're, you know, they're pushing us out. That's what gentrification does. They come in, they take over, they make it so nobody, <laughs> regular people, low-income people, poor people can't live there. 
Right. There, so we there, get pushed out. There has to be a story there because, you know, again, I, I am no expert on crime. But, but, if you're, but if you're shoplifting for food, hmm. that's hunger. That's real hunger. Yeah. Right. Yeah. So yeah. so there's there's uh, what I'm saying is there's a backdrop of underlying social issues in this story. Definitely. There's a backdrop of gentr there's a backdrop of gentrification in this story. There's a community okay. response issue that I think is yeah. bubbling because here we are, what, eight, nine days later. Uh, I'm not aware. I haven't seen it. I looked yesterday. I haven't seen that there's been a an official response. So um, what else? Official you know, uh, response from who? From City Hall. Oh, yeah, no. Yeah. But, but you know, but that's normal. Right. <laughs> that's normal. It, it's like they, um, they hide. They hide. Right. Nobody speaks to this. So it's, you know, the community doesn't ever believe that there will be a change. I don't know how many times I'm going to say that, but they don't think it's going to be a change. So it's hard. It's really hard, but I'm organizing it and I'm not going to stop and I'm just going to be the voice until, you know, if it wasn't a pandemic, this would be a bigger story. Well, let's talk about that pandemic story because be that's another angle on this story. thing. Because uh, the, on the one hand, the pandemic is such a huge media story that it eclipses everything in its path. Yes, but on the other hand... And I want to hear what you think of this theory. I have a theory that the pandemic in some way contributes to the reason why this happened in the first place. Okay. That guy was shoplifting because he was hungry. Right. I'm mm -hmm. making I'm making that basic assumption. You don't take a bag of shrimp for fun. Right. Right. You're not you're mm -hmm. probably not gonna resell a bag of shrimp. Right. But mm -hmm. if you're hungry you know, you might steal food. And that's, yeah. to me, one of the saddest things. That's probably one of the saddest points a human can be at right. if you have to steal food because you're hungry. So um, people are out of work. Um, people yeah. don't have jobs. There's yeah. all kinds of reasons why they have no money. And, yeah. and under these unusual circumstances of the pandemic, it's all worse. I mean, I think you yeah. can confirm that from, you know, uh, various angles in what you do for a living and so forth. So yes. I think the pandemic is a part of the story. It's a part of the story. A big um, part. And it's mm -hmm. going to be a part of how you unravel it. Hopefully everybody is getting that we don't need to shop there. They don't respect our community. They don't respect our dollars. So they shouldn't get them. Um, please don't shop there. Um, go to shop, right? Down the street, around the corner. Right. There's right. another supermarket on um, Linden and Elm Street. I think it's Food Town or C-Town, there's plenty other supermarkets you can go to, you know, and um, I believe that ShopFair will only feel it if they start to lose money. They won't feel it any other way because I just think they're doing damage control. I just think that's what they're doing now. They're talking about what they, you know, what they should have been doing all along. Like they should have had a, the store of that magnitude should have had a loss prevention. Even if it was two guys, they should have had that. So somebody trained to know what to do when things like that happen. Um, and during a pandemic and the way that the COVID-19 is sweeping through the jails and the prisons and things, you would want to send someone there because you will surely die because the medical, uh, <laughs> 
you know, is like at an all-time low. Like they're not being treated fairly there either. People are dying everywhere, and that's what you come up with. Um, the culture of the store is has no respect for our community. You've been in our community for three years. Where's your donations to the homeless shelters? Where's your like Shoprite? Shoprite has a campaign where the customers uh give a portion of their give a dollar to uh, feeding the hungry. Like, where's that at? Where's your Where's your connection to the community? ShopRite has a connection to the community. They have no connection to the community. How did ShopRite establish that connection? Is it by who they well, hire? They've been is it, how do they do it? For oh my god, my son is thirty four. They've been in Yonkers thirty plus years. So they um, established a, a rapport. They hired people right out of the community and i'm not you know people of color are people of color but they hired a lot of black people in the community sure. yep right so that's a plus they gave kids jobs they gave their moms jobs like you know they they i don't know they just have their you know they just have their um their right. heart is in the right place right. right you know and they understand that they're coming into a community where people are um struggling and I'm you sure, know? I'm sure, Tanya. At some point, shoplifting happens at Shoprite too. But they yeah, figured but out they a way to deal up. with it. Right. But they have a loss prevention. Right. And they figured out a way to deal with it without beating people up. Exactly. Right. They have a loss so, prevention, and right. Shop Fair is not just a mom and pop store. Right. So they should have one too. Yeah. But hey, thank you for taking a little time to talk to me today. Sure, no problem. Thank you.